You are now listening to FemRegard Podcast with Tessa Markle and Carolina Alvarez. Mmm. Fem. Hi, Fem Fam. Hi. Welcome back. <laughs> I'm like, Tessa, say hello to your audience. <laughs> we're, all, uh, yeah, it's been a, a whirlwind of a day. A lot of amazing guests where we're doing our, our crazy record in a bunch day and it's been going great though we've we've already had so many wonderful um speakers on and we're just going to continue on to bring you more amazing guests mm-hmm. and so without further ado today we are speaking with Luis Ortiz from the Latino Public Broadcasting. I was able to get um, in touch with him and it was, I just knew right away that he was someone that we needed to have on the show. Um, The Latino Public Broadcasting is a nonprofit organization and it supports the development, production, acquisition, and distribution of content that is representing the Latino community, which is amazing and such a support that we really, the Latino community needs. And they don't just stop there. They, they're definitely supporting women and uh, women filmmakers and, and just diverse creators as a whole. So um, in this episode, we really dive into the different programs and yeah, they, they really offer amazing programs for short content, um, documentaries, uh, feature length. They, they have a variation of programs that you guys will get to learn uh, about today and just overall how that process looks like, where does it go. And there's definitely ways for the non-Latino emerging filmmaker community to to, to come in and, and find a way to be a part of these programs. So, you know, tune in fam as a whole. I think you're going to find some amazing resources because a lot of times we don't know of these government grant programs or these other fiscal sponsorship programs. And Tessa and I are really here to find those programs for you fam to have access to and, and not limit yourself because we all know fundraising is hard. (laughs) Getting your project made is hard. So I'm really excited to have Luis on today to speak to us on all that. Yeah. And you know, beyond just fundraising, once the film is made, it's hard to get it out there. You know, where do you put it? And while this episode's more specifically on the Latino broadcasting company, we talk about PBS as a whole, which like, I know for me, I think of PBS as like, that channel I used to watch when I was little and I'd watch Mr. Rogers and zoom on and learn things and stuff. But like, it's so much more than that. Like the public broadcasting system is a huge thing and there's so much content available on there and they definitely have kept up with the times. Like they have streaming apps. They have just, you know, that channel three or whatever that you can get if you don't have cable, like they are so huge. And so we talk about that a little bit in this episode as well. So even if you're yep. tuning in thinking, well, I'm not Latino, I don't have any Latinos on my team, what what good is this for me? Keep listening, because you're at least... Um, and get some. Yeah, first of all, yeah, <laughs> and get some. But like, you're going to... There's tons of Latino filmmakers, and you've tuned into our show, yeah. you know that, and there's definitely a ways to partner, and that is the beauty of filmmaking. Yeah, but you guys are going to hear about a lot of different opportunities that you may not have even been aware of. So please enjoy our episode with Luis. So Latino public broadcasting, um, 
It's a nonprofit organization funded by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting and with the purpose of addressing issues of cultural significance to the Latino population in the United States. That's our little Google take, but in your own words, <laughs> Louise, how would you describe it? Well, I mean, I, I you know, the Google take is good. Um, uh, I'm glad that, that, that that's right. working. Uh, um, and, <laughs> and I, I think we, you know, I'm, I'm happy to hear we did a good job on, uh, on you know, um, fill, on good old Wikipedia. Yeah, our, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Our Wikipedia information. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we are a nonprofit organization. We were uh, founded in 1998 by Edward James Olmos, who is still our chairman and uh, the executive director, uh, original executive director, Marlena Germer, who also co-founded co the LA Latino International Film Festival. So yeah, they both have a long history of, of um, uh, supporting the arts um, and uh, working in that space, of course, and Olmos has been you know, um, doing this all his life, and it's a passion, um, you know, the, of his, but uh, um, it grew from there. We started off as a project and then um, uh, became a permanent space to support uh, Latino independent producers in the public media space. And um, we, we do that primarily by uh, uh, being a funder um, of films, uh, and, we, and we look at uh, projects and at all um, uh, phases, including uh, research and development, production, post-production, uh, but we're also a presenter um, of these projects to PBS. And so, you know, we, we fund projects, follow them along once they're, they're done, we market and distribute them um, out onto uh, PBS and all the PBS affiliated stations. And so that, and so that's, I think, at wow. the core of what we do, you know, we're for, first a funder, but then also a presenter and, and a, a content provider to the public media system. So it's a great space to showcase work and um, it's a space that's been supporting diversity, um, you know, uh, since its inception. And, uh, you know, uh, we are created to um, provide a space and add diversity to the lineup with re uh, respect to the Latino community or issues um, that are of interest to the Latino community. And that's where we, you know, we, we come in. Um, so I think that would, you know, kind yeah. of describe us in, in in a nutshell. No, I love that you your your founders have been like with independent filmmakers from the get go, and you know, starting these festivals and really like just bridging on that community um, and the kind of content that that you, you that the community wants to support and see, and from that start, and now you have these more advanced programs that are incredible, and that's what. I was first drawn to um, the Latino public broadcasting and learning more was just because these are resources that I think a lot of filmmakers don't even know that they have access to. And it's so important because it's fundraising and getting grants, government grants is so hard. Um, there's just like a lot of process. So to have a place that they can like look and submit to and get that support um, for these projects that are super important um, that you know, it's it's such a wonderful thing to have access to, and and I definitely want to go into those programs more specifically. Absolutely. But yes, yes, I think highlighting that is is really important um, on the show today, and uh, to take it to what are just in general, what are some recent works? Just to give an example that um, are hosted right now through Latino Public Broadcasting, just to give them an idea of what projects you are 
you're supporting uh, specifically for the Latino community? Yeah, well, I, you know, we, uh, um, the Latino community is a very big population. It's, you know, um, it, uh, it's always hard to say, you know, um, you know, we represent uh, the, the entire spectrum, you know, because it's, it's like, you know, 25 or 26 different countries that you're, we're, we're truly having to represent. Right. Uh, but we're always trying to in, in, include stories from all across the board. Um, and uh, we also have a, a, our own series that we produce in-house for PBS um, called Voces. And it's, um, it's actually the first Latino um, anthology series on, on PBS. And, uh, you know, and it's their dedicated space to showcase uh, Latino works or Latino stories. Um, and through that, we've been able right. to share a lot of stories. And so the most recent ones we've had, um, I think, aired this past fall um, on our Voces series. Um, uh, one was a, uh, a uh, co-presentation with the American Masters series, and it took a look at uh, Latinos in Hollywood. It was called Light uh, Camera Acción and, uh, by Ben de Jesus. And it, uh, it was uh, a look at the past, present, and future of uh, Latino representation in Hollywood and sort of, you know, um, how long it's taken to get there, but a, a bright full look into the future and things, uh, you know, that are, that are beginning to change. And we were starting to showcase like a new uh, range of, uh, of showrunners, actors, and different people involved um, that are, are starting to, to make a little bit more impact and, and um, break those barriers. So, um, you know, that was a, That's awesome. a, you know, a, a yeah. great uh, piece that we were really happy to to have. We also had two other um, programs, one called Letters to Eloisa, um, that was a uh, you know, signature voices um, piece that took a look at uh, Cuban um, writer, um, uh, poet, and essayist Jose Lazama Lima, and um, uh, what he dealt with um, as a um, writer um, during the, the Cuban Revolution, uh, who uh, was also uh, um, gay and had to be, you know, was not, was not able to, you know, um, talk openly, you know, about that, you know, during those times. So um, he wrote about it in his book and became a very controversial subject. So it's a, a look at his life and work. And then we also had a, a, a film called American Exile that took a look at uh, two Vietnam veterans, Latino veterans who, um, who got deported um, and, uh, uh, you know, were, were trying to, you know, fight back after fighting for this country to be able to stay here. Um, so it was a, you know, a, a, a big social issue that was actually um, resolved through uh, the new administration. But those are just a couple of examples of, of things wow. that we do. Yeah. And I love that, <clears throat> excuse me, I love that you're getting these things out there because I think sometimes we forget that public broadcasting is something that we have access to, you know, and I know not everybody has cable anymore, but a lot of people still do. And to think like, you know, to see your film on TV, like how amazing is that, you know? And it it is something that is accessible and you person, like this company is making it more accessible, especially for the Latino community. And it's just, it's, it's a resource that I think we kind of forget about sometimes, but it's such a good resource and it's such a great way to get this content out there. It is a great resource, and it, it's a, it's a resource that was um, created uh, to be able to reach you know uh, folks who couldn't you know get cable or underserved communities, and, and that was the uh, you know I think why um, uh, public television was created, 
-hmm. And I um, mean, it's part of basic television. So um, you don't even have to have cable to, yeah. to be able to access it. Um, you know, if, if you're still, you know, um, uh, watching, uh, you know, television um, or content uh, you know, through basic television, which is now, you know, you have your, your digital box, you can still access CBS and watch this content. But at the same time, you know, they are very proactive in, um, in staying with the, you know, current landscape. So, you know, they are streaming all their content as well. And you can, you know, oh, yeah, you can find it, you know, anywhere, um, uh, you know, you can stream Roku, Apple TV, Amazon, um, and, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and is also available on demand, you know, through your local cable company as well, um, uh, as well as their dedicated, you know, linear um, uh, channel. So, uh, you know, it is all across the board. You can watch it on your mobile, on your tablet. Um, uh, they are trying to make it available in every space. And so they're, you know, I think that's also very important. Yeah, that's really great that there's such access to it, no matter what your situation is. Basically, if you have a TV yeah, or a mobile I device, think... you can watch it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, because I think, like, our thinking and, like, our, our traditional way of thinking about what public broadcasting is, is exactly what Tessa was kind of describing. It's just, like, cable, like, that's a lot of people still watch it, but it's really awesome that they're innovating the space to fit the current current way that we all kind of digest information and, and television and media. So they they really awesome. are. And, and, and I think PBS really was like the original, you know, sort of uh, um, uh, cable channel all in one, you know, because yeah. um, what's happened is that, yeah. you know, they handled history, they handled the arts, they handled science. And now you find channels just dedicated to that, but they sort of have everything in house and, um, you know, and, and we're, the originators on that, and uh, um, and I think a lot of um, of the public still, uh, you know, recognizes them for that. Um, you know, uh, year year after year, they are still voted the most trusted, um, you know, uh, news source um, in media um, by the public. So you know, they're you know they're very proud of that. And of course, you know, we all know PBS from um, their kids programming and you know growing up on uh, a lot of that Sesame Street yeah. and, and everything so that's still there and that's still their, their core too but they have a lot of great primetime programming which is where you know the space that we come into and uh, we you know uh, showcasing uh, long-form documentary um, at the same time we also support short-form um, films you know um, fiction and non-fiction um, and that's more for the online space and um, shorter pieces uh, to, you know, to share via streaming or whatever yeah. platforms for people if they want to watch um, uh, on whatever platform they, they're watching it on. And you can still watch them, you know, on, on your, your good old TV set if you, you know, if you still have that. So, yeah, which is amazing because yeah. short films don't always really get, or I should just say short form content that's a little more inclusive, but yeah. doesn't really always get to be shown it beyond, you know, the festival circuit, for instance, it's hard right. to find a place exactly. to put that. So that's really great. It is great. And I think um, the online platforms are allowing for a little bit more experimentation in, in that area. And I'm starting to see that, you know, through, um, through other platforms as well, but it's one space where, you know, we're able to showcase Latino drama, which is great. You know, it's not something that we normally see on, you know, on, on any of, um, uh, the other networks or, you know, or streaming platforms. So I think that's starting to open up too. We are starting to see that a little bit more, but it's great that we can showcase it uh, on online as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am 
that's really, really exciting. I think it's, you know, to do a feature film, it's, it's a very big undertaking. To do a short film, it's still a big undertaking. Right. But to have, you know, a place to, to yeah, dis- distribute and actually have it seen and celebrated is, is very exciting. And we have a lot of, um, we've met a lot of Latino filmmakers on our show. So if they're, they're tuning in, which they should, um, <laughs> they should really pay attention to this program specifically because I think a lot of them are working on their own series or their own short films. So can you talk to us a little bit more specifically about this program and then we can go yeah, into other yes, ones? Um, but this one's really exciting, I think, to well, our, our community. We, we have one funding initiative per year where we kind of invite all of the different parameters um, uh, you know, um, or opportunities. Uh, and, uh, and that deadline is coming up on June 27th. And uh, the different options there, we have uh, our, um, our long-standing, what we call our public media content fund. And that is a fund where we fund long-form documentary um, and, you know, in several different genres. We're, you know, we're, we're really looking for a lot of um, arts and culture this year, uh, uh, just to try to um, showcase our contributions uh, to our Latino contributions to the arts and, you know, what we've done in that space. But at the same time, we are still looking at, you know, a social issue um uh you know uh yeah. science and uh um history uh so any uh, anything you know re- related there we we take a look at uh we also have our, um another awesome. another fund called the current issues fund and that is uh, uh a fund that's more dedicated to um also long form documentary but more with um social issue driven topics or 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 sort of uh topics that you can kind of think about as kind of being ripped from the headlines or hot button issues that are um, impacting the country. Um, you know, uh, DACA is one, and of course, immigration is another. Um, we also we also just had a film uh, that just aired uh, on the 18th uh, about uh, uh, the last abortion clinic on the U.S.-Mexico border um, in McAllen, Texas. And uh, it's called On the Divide um, uh, by two uh, uh, women filmmakers, uh, one Latina Maya Cueva and um, and and, and uh, Latina Leah Galant, um, uh, and and that takes a look at three different people whose lives are involved in that issue, and and is also you know um, showcasing both sides of the issue, which has been a huge uh, you know hot button issue for the, the last few years. Uh, but that's a, a great project uh, that you know we funded through the Current Issues Fund. Uh, and then in addition to that, we also have the, the digital media fund, which is where we, fo- where we fund the short form content. Uh, and, uh, you know, we do, again, fiction and nonfiction, but it could be mixed genre. We've, we've done animation in the past. Uh, so um, it, just, uh, it just depends on, you know, I, I think that area is just so open to a lot of creative ideas. And so um, it's a good space to be able to, you know, to do that. Um, and I think those are the, the main areas yeah. that, that, we're, that we're looking at. So, if you have a project that you're looking for funding on and, um, um, uh, you know, uh, want, would be willing to have PBS as an outlet, we invite you to apply to us and, you know, into our next deadline and, uh, and see where, where that goes. And all of the, our information is going to be available on our website. Um, that's uh, www.lpbp.org, or you can just Google Latino Public Broadcasting. It should come up. Um, uh, but we're, on so, we're also on social media, so you can follow us there. Um, or sign up for our newsletter, our e-newsletter, if you want to get that information directly to know exactly when the call would open up. 
that's all great. Um, thank you, Louise, for breaking that down. I yeah. uh, just to like open it up a little bit to our um, non-Latino uh, filmmakers. Yeah. Is there any way that they can be involved or partner or enter in with you know a co-producer that's Latino? Can you explain if there's like any ways that they can fit these parameters to to be a part of? This? Yeah. So we're you know we uh, welcome all filmmakers to to apply. If you are a non-Latino filmmaker, you know, with the project, um, then we ask that you have a Latino in a major role as part of the production team. Part of our mission is to support uh, not only, you know, um, stories about Latinos, but we also want to support Latinos behind the scenes and advance, uh, yep. you know, uh, the careers of Latinos within media. And, and, this, and that's one area we want to make sure that they're being represented. And, and I think that's um, uh, been an area that's been, uh, uh, you know, lacking as well in terms of Hollywood. Um, I, um, I have seen the Latino community really grow in, in, in this space, uh, you know, in the last, um, you know, 10 years. So, uh, you know, I, I'm happy to see that, but, but even more so we need to continue to, you know, open those doors for people and, and have the opportunities to um, to really uh, get out there and get their, their work seen. Uh, and I think uh, new filmmakers don't tend to think about public media uh, when, as, a, as a way to, you know, to get their film out or know about these opportunities, as you mentioned, Catalina. Right. But um, uh, you know, uh, it, it could be a great space. Uh, it, um, it, it, it does allow for um, emerging artists to showcase their work, um, as well as you know, uh, really seasoned you know, veteran folks too. Um, so, you know, we're, uh, we, uh, when you're an emerging maker, we also tell you to think about partnering with someone who is more seasoned and that, you know, that also helps your, your chances of, of getting funded, not just by us, but, but any other foundation or, you know, funding entity that's out there. Um, so those are, you know, two key things that I, you know, that I, I would say, but yes. So going back to non-Latinos, you know, we, uh, we have funded non-Latinos before, but we will require that you, if you don't have a Latino, that you add some, a Latino into one of the, the key roles. That's very important to us. Yeah. And it's, Love there's it. obviously a need and a, and a, I don't want to use the word market, but like we've been seeing just within our filmmaker community of people that we've had on this show, like just so many opportunities that are just now being created for the Latino community as filmmakers. And like we had our episode, I think that was last season about Standard Fantastic, correct? Carolina last season? Yes. Um, yeah. Just as an example. But it's, you know, these are brand new opportunities that are emerging. And I just really hope that people are are seeing them and are, are applying to them, you know, because it's things that haven't really existed for minority communities before, you know, and it's just a really great opportunity for Latin voices to get out there and, and people in the Latino community to actually, like, have that a specific works. opportunity yeah. for them, you know? I, I really, I think, can be, and uh, and and I I love the idea of a stepping stone. Um, if you're in a you know uh, an emerging artist, an emerging filmmaker, or you know fresh out of film school, um, hey, this could be a good opportunity. You know, especially if, if you're uh, for uh, for the the digital space, you're working on something short form to get something done and get out there, and then you know, and then you keep going. It could be a great stepping stone. Um, one person that I think of that we funded on um, on his first film and we partnered with uh, Film Independent Project Involved on was uh, uh, filmed by Marvin Lemus, 
uh, called Vamanos, and um, and you know, and that was one of the you know first um, short films that that we uh, we actually um, funded as well. Uh, but he moved on to do uh, Hensified, and you know was a co-creator of that. And it's great to see oh someone gosh. that we you know supported so early on has moved on to, to uh, something as 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 big and great as uh, you know um, a, a major Netflix show. So um, you know we we love stories like that. And uh, we hope that we can continue to help, you know, nurture and support, you know, um, a lot of the emerging artists that are out there. Yeah. And like you saying, it's a stepping stone like that. That is the hardest part is to get your film out there to begin with, you know, and a lot of people start with the festival route. But even that it's like if you're not in one of like the major festivals, okay, you get shown at festivals and then what happens? Nobody picks it up, you know, so just to get it out there on any platform that people are actually actively watching is huge. You know, so even if it doesn't go beyond PBS, that's still a big deal. Like, it's, your know, film was on it, PBS, it, you know? It, it is such a, a, you know, a major breakthrough. And uh, one key point that I always like to mention to filmmakers is one, a, a broadcast on PBS reaches more people uh, than uh, if you were in every film festival in America. You know, that's how, um, how powerful, you know, broadcasting wow. is. So. Um, you know, festivals are great and we, you know, we support that. It's a great way to, uh, you know, start to build an audience, start to build a conversation around your film, around the, the subject, um, and also for, you know, for yourself to, to be seen. Uh, but, you know, uh, that leading up to a broadcast, I think that works very well together. And that's, you know, that's sort of, I think, what's unique about public media. And they've been very open to that and supportive of that. Um, you see a lot of... Um, uh, films uh, that uh, run the festival circuit, and then we'll have that broadcast on PBS. Uh, and and the uh, I, the other difference between P, between PBS and a and a commercial network is uh, that uh, they like to you know um, take films and uh, uh, sort of go uh, beyond the broadcast and reach out into local communities. Um, that's part of the charge and their and the overall mission. And, and create these conversations around some of these topics. And so that you know, there's more life to a film uh, beyond just a broadcast where you, know, you won't see that with an HBO. You know, it's, I, and HBO is great. They've got a huge reach as well, um, but uh, they right. don't necessarily take films um, and do this community engagement component that um, uh, PBS and public media is re- you know, uh, very, very good at and, um, and, and, and you know, has, has it as a priority as part of their mission. Yeah. It's funny you say that. A friend of mine, actually, uh, she had applied for a job and ended up getting a teaching job, so she ended up taking it. But the job was to go door to door for PBS. And I was like, really? That's a thing? And she was like, yeah, apparently it's just, you know, it's the community outreach, like you said, that it's, I'm sure to, again, it's like remind people that this is here and it's available way more than you might think it is. And what's actually like what the content is that's on there, you know, like I'm excited to hear that this extra content that I didn't know was a part of PBS right now, you know, and that it's so readily available. Tessa, I'm seriously digging Jambox. The fam needs to hear about their extensive music and sound effect library. I agree. Not only do they have a huge library created by Hollywood-level composers, but you can search through it all based on criteria like genre and mood. Plus, 
they even have detailed stems you can use to create your own soundtracks from the elements they provide. You can literally be your own composer. 6,000 unique tracks and tens of thousands of stems, plus over 10,000 sound effects. Carolina, that's amazing. Oh, it gets better. They even gave us a discount code for our listeners. 10% off with Fem10. Connecting filmmakers with ridiculously good music and sound effects. Go and visit jambox.io and start leveling up your sound production. Exactly. Again, that's code FEM, F-E-M-M-E, 10 at jambox.io. It really is. And, and they, they just continue to go into, you know, um, additional spaces. You know, speaking of teachers, one of the other services that's offered through PBS is called PBS Learning Media. And, uh, and that's an additional resource that they um, provide um, free to teachers. So any, any teachers that are out there can, you know, uh, sign up and subscribe to it. And, you know, uh, it, it is a service where they take existing um, films that were offered through PBS and repurpose them for the classroom. So, you know, they'll take pieces from the films and turn them wow. into learning modules um, and bring in an education uh, person to create curriculum around it. And we've actually created a, um, you know, what we call the Latino Public Broadcasting Collection, but it is, a, a, you know, a series of different films um, uh, uh, to put Latino stories in the classroom so that, um, you know, uh, teachers nationwide can use it as a resource and kids will have an opportunity to learn about themselves, basically. And so that's been an important component as well. That's really cool. I didn't know they did that. They do. Yeah. I mean, and, no, and it's supported by the awesome. Department of Education. So it's, uh, you know, you, you continue to see these additional resources that they provide. That's amazing. Yeah. No, it's amazing. And on the topic of like education, um, it reminds me of another thing that we had discussed about um, but prior to the to this podcast was the submission process and actually that your program gives feedback, which is we a do, rare yeah. thing to get when you're um, submitting, you know, your heart, your soul, all this hard work. And a lot of times you don't even know like, oh, if there is a certain adjustment or something you could have done better or something in the story or whatever it was, was lacking, you rare, rarely hear like, you know, why not? And it's understandable. There's always like a ton of submissions. But if you want to speak a little bit about that, because I thought that was so um, different than than most programs. That yeah, that's a great point. To. So thanks for bringing that up. Um, Absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, um, uh, as part of our process, we do uh, offer feedback to all filmmakers who have applied to us. Um, we've always felt, um, as you mentioned, Carolina, it's, a, it's just an important part of a uh, learning process and finding out what what's working about my story, what's working about my proposal, what is not, or, you know, why did I not, you know, rank higher or, or you know, what was it that, you know, the readers or evaluators weren't, you know, on seeing. So we, you know, we do, exactly. yeah, we do provide that feedback, um, you know, to, uh, you know, to applicants who, who ask for it. And, um, and I, I say, you know, the majority of them do. Um, and it's a it, it is a time consuming process for us, but we we do know how important it is because it's uh, we see it as a way to get um, you know sort sort of like constructive uh, critiques um, or criticism on on something that uh, you will hopefully take back and improve and bring back to us. And 
we've set, we've seen many projects, you know, and many filmmakers do that uh, and, uh, you know, adjust their story or work on the proposal, come back and then they get funded, you know, so um, it, it is, it is yeah. possible. And, and, and that's another reason why we think it's important. And um, hopefully it helps move Latino filmmakers forward as well. But we think that, that, you know, that getting that feedback is a vital process and we know a lot of other places don't do it. So that's another reason why we want to continue to offer that. Yeah, it is a big deal yeah. to get feedback because, you know, you're already paying for submission fees to all these different things and, you know, f to like to pay for somebody that that is professional to give you feedback. Like it's just a, it's a lot of things. So something that, you know, a, a project that um, tacks that on to just, you know, so you're submitting, you can automatically get the feedback if you choose to. Like that's that's a really big deal. For, for us, and, yeah, and, it is. and just putting together that proposal, I know what uh, I mean because we've had a, our own proposals together for the NEH or the NEA, and I think those are kind of the the you know uh, the bibles that everybody refers to. So our our process is a little you know lighter, but it's even then you know you still have to put together a six page treatment and a detailed budget. I mean it's it's a lot of work, and we understand that. And even more reason for filmmakers to be able to find out, you know, what's working, what's not, and, uh, and you know, yeah. to help in, improve it and, and move forward. And we do it not just so that you can reapply to us, but you can take it somewhere else as well and, mm -hmm. um, and hopefully make it stronger for another submission that you might have. Uh, one thing I did want to mention, I, too, just really quick, um, that, I, you know, we're yeah. very proud of um, is that, you know, um, you know, we fund all filmmakers, but we have uh, funded um, uh, quite a lot of uh, women filmmakers. And uh, for several years, the majority of the filmmakers we were funding were women. And I, um, I just feel the documentary space is a space that's very um, open and welcoming to women filmmakers. And, uh, and, uh, and it would not be uh, the space that it is without the women filmmakers involved. So um, I think that's very important to say. Yeah, definitely. As women Yay. filmmakers, we appreciate that. <laughs> oh, I, we, I wanted to make really sure that, to uh, that. that uh, your your audience knew that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. it's, you know, like we've talked about this on the show many, many times, but opportunities for women are definitely growing, but they've always been a little few and far in between, you know, and, and opportunities that highlight women specifically are really useful, you know, because then it's like, we're not competing against the men in the field as well. And, you know, we actually have that opportunity. And then specifically Latino women, like, is, you know, the more you can <laughs> get it more and more specific, like the more and more it helps that community yeah. for sure. Yeah, I feel like uh, it's it's always this rolling effect. We we uh, we get ahead, then we don't, and it's just like it's not even. It's just getting the support in general in any way. You know, we're not. It's just an amazing uh, time right now to be involved in and being shared and celebrated. Um, because I know women work just as hard, if not ten times harder, to get through the door. Yeah. And um, that's really important to us in our community. So thank you for highlighting that. And something I wanted to just piggyback on to the whole getting feedback um, is that for emerging filmmakers specifically, you know, whether you went to uh, film school or not, I don't know how how many of them are teaching like what a proposal process looks mm -hmm. like, what you know, all of these like detailed 
like business pitching tools are really, you know, how much experience they really get. So this is an amazing like hands-on way for for them to get insight and like, again, another stepping stone way to really get feedback and without whether, I mean, we didn't go to film school. A lot of our, our, our successful, wonderful guests who have been on this show, industry, industry professionals didn't yeah. go to film school. And like, there's a, there's a way to still do this whole thing and do it professionally and, and get, and this is like one of these amazing opportunities um, because we, we've had to learn that whole process ourselves and, it takes a lot of time and yeah, it's a lot of, if you guys have seen her TikTok, it's like all these pages of just different, different development stages and the work and the proposal, like you said, the budget. So, but it's, it's all necessary. Yeah. So what an amazing way to also like learn and, and get a chance to see what the business is like, <laughs> really. Well, question based off that too. Uh, so do you guys, when you, when you give the feedback, is it more so like on the project or is there feedback also on like your proposal and how you have like pitched it and all of that? I, I think that there is a uh, it's, uh, feedback on the project overall, um, but it's also feedback on, uh, you know, your treatment, on your budget, on, you know, um, you know, uh, the characters, uh, you know, and, and what's working. You know, so it, 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 you know, we try to give feedback all, all together. Um, it just depends okay. on, uh, you know, on the project and where it's at and, you know, the points that work right. and, you know, um, um, and the, that aren't working. So we do try to give it all across the board. Okay. Yeah. I love that because like you were saying, Carolina, like it's, it's a lot to learn just how, how to do that side of it, let alone like write the project, yeah. produce the project. Like, yeah. So that's good to hear. Yeah. There's like just two, uh, as filmmakers, you learn, there's two things. There's the whole like story and, or the documentary that, that you know, the whole storyline that you're formatting. And then there's this whole other work that comes in right after you finally nailed we were just talking about screenwriting with our, our first guest this morning and it's just like I I didn't even celebrate my win of writing like a full feature length script yeah. because I'm just still like okay we got our proposal down do we nail our budget and it's just there's just so many things but um it's it's all it's it all helps you more and helps you like learn the business more and the process more. So I think it's, it's, this is like a really great way to, to get started for emerging filmmakers specific. So I just want to highlight that for, for someone who's looking to, again, find this platform to mm -hmm. grow and, and what an amazing accessible tool that they have now. Yeah. yeah and I think that we're looking, um, you know, primarily at, you know, at story structure and style when it comes to, um, you know, the proposal and, and those are sort of key areas that, that um, you know, that uh, uh, we, we specifically ask our reviewers to, um, to highlight. Um, uh, but the, I think the other major component to, to the funding process, to the proposal process is a sample tape. And, uh, uh, you know, and I think for um, maybe not so much for emerging makers, but for um, long form uh, documentary makers, uh, uh, we, we, do, we are looking for a sample of the work and, um, we ask for about five minutes, but you know it, it can range from five minutes to you know to um, to twenty minutes for different funders. Some funders will take you know works in progress, um, or you know, or even look at a rough cut. Um, and you know, we're open to all of that yeah. as well. But we 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 try to you know ask to you know emphasize five minutes of, of that project. But I think that that's an important component um, to mention as yeah. well. Um, and we try to give feedback on that as well. 
Yeah, that's great. No, that's super important to note. And is there a limit on um, the project budget amount? Um, I, I, there's not a limit, but uh, you know, I um, well, one you you don't want it to be too low, but if it's if it's also too high, you know, um, I think the the concern there is you know, uh, will you be able to raise um, the full amount to get this done? Um, just because, you know, right. funding is so scarce there, you know, there, you know, um, uh, there are a lot of filmmakers out there trying to get their films done. And there's only so many places that, you know, are, are funding these projects. So when a project is too high, um, uh, you know, uh, that is a, a concern, but that doesn't mean that, you know, you wouldn't get funded. It may just take longer to get it done. The average life of a documentary film is about, you know, four years, four to five years. Um, and so, I, you know, well, good to know. Yeah, we've seen, um, uh, you know, films that have taken 10 years to do, you know, and um, partially because, you know, it's, it's taken so long to fundraise. So, so it just depends on that. But, but I, I don't think um, it would necessarily count you, count you out, um, but it could, it could hinder you in, in that way. Um, the average budget right now, you know, I'd say now is around, you know, 400, um, 450,000, you know, I think for an hour, that's about, you know, um, what, what we're looking at, at least for, for, for a public media or independent film project. Yeah. 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 No, that's amazing. Yeah. And I think that's, a, that's a good thing to know because for we as produce our producer brain goes, all right, what what am I writing the scope of the project for? What's the budget? You always want to kind of match that. So for anyone tuning in, I think it's great to have an awareness of where their target, they should be targeting. And so that's, that's really helpful to know. Thank you for, for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, and then another thing just to mention is that, you know, um, we, we, you know, we do fund projects at all stages, but, you know, we're never a sole funder. So, uh, we, you know, we're, we're a partial funder. We fund, uh, you know, up to a hundred thousand on, on projects. And of course, you know, if you come to us yeah. for R and D, you can come back to us the next year for production and then the following year for post-production. Um, but you, you know, you, you, you have to find other, uh, organizations or public television funders out there to help complete that budget. And, you know, and that's where, you know, I think that's one of the challenges in the documentary space for, for a lot of folks is, is, you know, putting that together and finding all the sources to get it done. Yeah, that makes sense. Because, I mean, something with documentaries, too, that, like, we don't have to deal with as as fiction uh, filmmakers is R&D. <laughs> you know, like, when we're in development, we're just creating a story. And, yes, maybe there's research that goes into it, but, like, that is so much with the documentary you know that that's that's kind of the majority of it is the research and the development and and, and compiling all of that and it can cost a lot of money you know so that's just something to think about you know if you if you're yeah. not in the documentary space comparing you know what that process is like yeah well Luis is there any exciting like festivals on the horizon or community based events that are coming up that to leave our listeners with um anything else you'd like to highlight Yeah so uh we do have uh you know uh two films premiering at a couple festivals uh, a film called Silent Beauty by uh uh Jasmine uh Jara Lopez and um, that's going to premiere at Hot Talks and then we also have a film called Sanson and Me by Rodrigo Rias and Sue Kim that will be premiering at uh, Tribeca Film Festival. Um, and uh, so we're excited about that. And, um, and then be, uh, be on the lookout for the PBS 
short film festival this July, which showcases lots of great um, short work um, uh, by uh, all diverse makers, but we will have a project there as well. Love it. Perfect. Please um, feel free to email us any of these events or information, and we will love to highlight that in our newsletter that we send out on a monthly basis. So that way our filmmakers can be reminded and attend because like, yeah, I would love to attend the, the one in July. That's, that's here. That would be amazing. Yeah. Great. Uh, we would love that. I will share that with you. And I'll also share the information on our call that you can share uh, with, uh, you know, all of, all of your filmmakers and, you know, maybe there, there's someone out there that may have an idea for a project and they can apply to us. Love it. So listeners, yes. be, uh, be paying attention <laughs> for our future newsletters <laughs> to get all these details to, you know, help you remember. But I know personally, I will be downloading the PBS like streaming app because I didn't even know that was a thing. So I'm excited for that. And I'm excited to hear how much more content I didn't even realize, you know, was on there. Uh, it really yeah. is, I, you know, and it's so easy to download and uh, good players. So I, I do recommend it. And you can find um, all of our content on there as well. This was such an insightful, amazing conversation. I think uh, our listeners got a lot of great access to what public broadcasting is even and how that works in the scope and that it still works today. There's still so many, um, it's evolved with, you know, other traditional windowing options that are have been out there for film festivals to distribute. So this is, this is amazing. This is a, a great resources and I'm so glad that um, you are, you yourself are really passionate about, you know, opening the doors for women, for diverse creators, and that this also works for just emerging filmmakers as a whole, because that's what we're also so passionate about supporting. So thank you for coming on today thank and you. sharing all of that. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. I appreciate having, um, you know, this platform to be, able to be able to share a little bit more about us. And yes, I, you know, um, it is an important, um, you know, uh, space for me. Um, you know, there needs to be more room for diversity and for, you know, for all the voices out there that haven't had the opportunity to share their stories. And, uh, and I, I'm so happy to have a little hand in helping, you know, amplify that. So whatever I can do to, you know, to uplift these stories, I, I you know, I, I will. Thanks for listening to FemRegard Podcast. If you like what you hear, tune in every Friday for more tips on the filmmaking business and insightful conversations with industry professionals. We can only grow with your support, so please subscribe, share, rate, and review. You can also join the FemFam on Patreon. For more on us, check us out at femregard.com. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.